When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Thursday, May 27th. I know you're getting ready for a long weekend. And for many of you, this is the first long weekend where you're going to really be able to get out there with your vaccinated arms running around and talking to other people. And I think that's great. I celebrate it. But before you start that long holiday weekend, we are so glad that you are joining us. We really are. If you have a financial question, just send us a note. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com. And our website, jillonmoney.com, has got lots of good stuff there. And there's a contact button. So if you're over on the website and you've got a question, just hit that button. We'll get your message. Boom. Ready to rock and roll. Okay. Elaine writes, my husband and I are planning on retiring early. His side of the family has short lifespans. He takes good care of himself, but he already had cancer and a stem cell transplant when he was 30. Oh my God. He works for the state. Past year and a half, he's earned unusually high income because of overtime. The formula for his pension includes the top three earning years, and he'll be 54 this year. He can continue uh, the insurance coverage once he makes it to 25 years. Mm. So let me just say, you better get to that 25-year mark, right? We are planning on retiring in five years. In addition to hitting that 25-year mark, several things will then be in place. One, our house will be paid off. Two, we will both have our 35 years of decent income for Social Security calculations. Three, I'll be 56, so if I were to leave my employer, I will have access to my 401k. Four, he will have access to his 403b and will be able to take his pension. Five, he will have about $450,000 in mostly tax-deferred assets. Okay, here's what they need. They need about sixty grand a year before taxes to maintain their lifestyle. They'll be getting thirty-eight grand from the pension. They're going to fill that gap by drawing down the 401k and the 403b plans. 
We're going to also do Roth conversions during this 10-year time frame, making sure that we remain in a low tax bracket. Our goal is at the end of 10 years to still have some money that will be in a tax-free Roth account. And at that time, we will begin to take Social Security. I'll be at full retirement age. My husband will be 70. We'll be making more than enough money at that point in income per year. We have some plans that includes travel. We'd like to retire while we can so we can do a lot of the active hobbies. So I don't know if there's a question here. The plan sounds like a darn good one to me. You like the plan, Mark? I like the plan. I think that's great. Good for you. Okay. The next one is from Anonymous, who is writing about the perils of becoming a beneficiary. Recently, a loved one died unexpectedly. The fact that I was a beneficiary of over a million dollars did not lessen my grief. I'm sure not. In fact, the money comes with a lot of emotional baggage. I simply cannot lose this money, squander his life savings, or be foolish in any way. As it is, my sadness is enormous. I have been paralyzed and I really need help making a financial plan. Adding to my paralysis is that I have been financially leveled twice during previous recessions. To say that I am risk averse, it's putting it mildly. I am 59, single, no kids, no debt. And as of this week, I am not employed, taking time off to heal. Fear and lack of confidence is why I can't seem to move the money. It remains as received, which is mostly uninvested. I know I probably shouldn't leave so much in cash, but at this age, risk does not feel good and I'm not sure how to proceed. I need to make it last, if not grow. I tried finding help, but so far everyone wants to actively manage my money and invest the majority of it. I don't know who to trust. Here's what I have in total. $80,000 in a 401k, $20,000 in an IRA, $20,000 in an, in an inherited IRA, $523,000 in a beneficiary IRA, and $750,000 in cash split between three high-yield savings accounts. I'm using a life insurance payout to live on until I get my head together. This could tide me over for two years. I've got no debt. I rent $1,500 a month, and I plan to buy into the Affordable Care Act instead of using COBRA. I know I should do something with this money, but what? I'm happy with a simple lifestyle. I can live on $45,000 a year. My Social Security at age 62 will be $1,747. At 70, it's $2,900. I need a financial lifeline help. All right, Anonymous, here's the deal. I get it. It's too much. It's too much emotion here. So what we need to do is help you find an advisor who will hold your hand, hear what you're saying, walk you through the things you need to do. And that advisor should certainly be a certified financial planner. And that advisor should certainly be somebody who can hear the fact that you are just paralyzed with fear and come up with a game plan to achieve what you want to achieve. Maybe what we'll do is why don't we send a couple of names of people that I know in the business who would hold your hand and listen to what you're saying, develop a plan without selling you a bunch of stuff and making you nuts. 
if you have more questions, we'll be happy to answer them. But I think, I think that's what we got to do because she's so scared. And yeah, Mark says, thank goodness that you're smart enough just to wait without, you know, basically going nuts and doing something you're going to regret later. Okay. Next up is Karen who says, what do you think of Ally Invest for our kids? They're young 20s. They already have their savings at an Ally Bank. What do you think about opening managed portfolios there? Some of the funds are managed. that you, They use Vanguard and iShares. Seems like there's no extra fees other than keeping 30% of the money as a cash cushion. Is there a downside? Eh. I don't like anything like other than. I don't think keeping 30% of the money as a cash cushion is that great. Let me just look at this. She sent me a link. There's no fees. And you just have to keep 30% of your portfolio in an interest earning cash buffer. Do you know what that means, Mark? It means that Ally Bank, they're so smart. They realize the the key to all of this is that you make money on cash. I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world in the beginning, but I, I don't think long term that's a place you want to keep your money if you have to keep 30% of your cash there. So it's fine to begin with if they already are going to have some cash, but I would much prefer that they get involved with a place that has none of those rules associated with it. Gene uh, says, I'm looking for some safe tax deferred ideas to park some extra cash versus having money sit at a bank. One, both my spouse and I have retired. We own a home. There's no debt or mortgage. We've got sound health, long-term care, insurance, and life insurance. Have saved enough in emergency funds We've done some research and we find multi-year tax-deferred index annuities um, attractive. We're waiting for professional advice. Mark, do you want to weigh in on that? some multi-year tax-deferred fixed index annuity programs? You want to weigh in on that? We have a we have a sounder on that. And here's the sounder. You ready? Eh, no. No. Why do you need that? I don't know why you need that. Why do you need a, a, a an expensive insurance company product? I don't know how much money you have with with this extra cash and certainly putting money that is cash sitting in the bank versus tying it up in a fixed index annuity program. No way. Yeah. I mean, you can use just some index funds. You can invest some of it, some in stock index, some in bond index, keep your cash, you know, try to keep it simple. John writes, I listened to your program on WCCO radio in the twin cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul. Go wild, he writes. Mm. Um, By the way, I love my WCCO people. They're fantastic. Um, So this is, I have a sister radio show in addition to this podcast. Okay. So question. I'm wondering if my wife and I can retire in the beginning of 2023 without one or both having small part-time jobs. Okay, let's see. I'll be 66 and my wife will be 62 at that time. We both currently work. We contribute $9,700 to Roth. $9,700 to Roth. Oh, I see. Roth 401k and 11,000 to regular 401k. My wife has long-term care policy. It has an inflation rider. I have $100,000 term life insurance outside of work coverage. We have a mortgage of $170,000, two and a quarter percent interest, 15 year term, two car payments. We will be paying them off on the day we retire, I guess, the beginning of 2023. Current investments, 93,000 in a Roth, 571,000 in 401k, 230,000 in an annuity. And they're going to plan on taking four and a half percent a year out of that, $5,000 in cash. 
projected living expenses, about let's call it five grand a month. I mean, it sounds like it's doable-ish, depending on what your social security is going to be. It's close though. Obviously, the longer you work, the better it's going to be because then you're not going to dip into the savings and you're going to actually have a larger social security benefit. Yeah. And uh, Mark makes a good note that the cash, it's a little light for our liking. Uh, We like a little bit larger cash buffer if that's possible. So let's, let's try to make that happen. Okay. Um, Maybe it's better to work an extra year or two in terms of full-time work rather than think about having to do a part-time job. Just saying it's a possibility. Okay. That is it for the program. Uh, All right. It's um, getting there, getting to Memorial day weekend. So uh, just cause we can, cause we said we would do it until maybe we'll do it today and tomorrow. And then we're going to be done with the show close Mark. What do you think? I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to move on. But I'm going to tell you two more times. Today will be one of them to wash your hands, to wear your mask, especially if someone else feels weird about it. And if you feel weird, just wear your mask. It's okay. In my building, we still have to wear our mask. I know many workplaces are requiring masks. So just follow the rules. Do what makes you feel comfortable. Keep your distance from everyone. Everyone's a little freaked out right now. Um, I can't wait till I can change this. Instead of saying, put your hands metaphorically on someone's back, I'm going to say, go hug someone you love. That's going to be very, that's like right up there with what I want to do right now. Want to thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.